Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? It's so awesome to see so many people flowing into this space. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today's guest is one of the most prolific photographers of our generation. He's a regular, regularly sought out to photograph legends in the entertainment industry, and his portfolio portfolio includes Robert De Niro, De Niro, Danny DeVito, Jennifer Lawrence, and John Legend, just to name a few. His true passion comes from exploring worlds away from home that many don't take time to understand. His curiosity for culture has taken him from Syria to Iraq to India to Ethiopia. He has been named one of the most influential photographers to watch on social media, and his storytelling in communities from around the world is where his true passion lies. His passion for for communities has him now exploring Web3, and he plans to drop his Genesis NFT collection next week with Quantum. It's my honor to share the stage with the incredibly talented Joey L. What is going on, man? That was that was quite an intro, my friend. I'm feeling very calm, but now you made me crazy. So but calm and crazy, bro. <laughs> right <laughs> thank on, you, man. Thank you for that, for yeah. that nice, nice intro, man. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's it's just an honor to have you on stage. And some people that maybe this is their first time getting to see your face, uh, it's important to kind of know the um, crazy amount of work and the uh, the incredibly talent that you have in terms of your your photography and kind of em- embracing the the cultures of these communities that you go into and we'll get into it but before we do anything else i also just let everyone know that we have sam on stage uh which is a good friend of joey and also nibri who's kind of on the team of photography team with um joey so anytime that they that you think that they can add to the conversation we'll loop them in as well but uh just to start off with the conversation joey i'd love for you just to chat a little bit because this is the crazy about crypto show i'd love for you to chat about your journey into the crypto and nft space whichever came first just chat a little bit about how we got to this this space and this drop that's coming up yeah well i um i've had a little bit of bitcoin since 2014 but um it was actually sam who walked uh me and my fiance kia into this world and as well as uh, some other friends of ours like uh justin aversano from the twin flames project from quantum and it's just like i I, i've always had these uh these two loves for you know crypto and like weird like back when the internet was weird and now it seems that nfts and crypto are making the internet weird again which is really nice and um those two worlds combined um when nfts came around and i remember talking to sam it was like maybe 10 months ago or something when all this stuff was popping off and we were just watching it we were studying it and getting into it but honestly we're we were too afraid to enter it um i definitely was i don't know about sam but i think we were both afraid and um 
for me, it was it was very uh, kind of uh, the space was very native to people making digital art. And those um, early artists really excelled at that. And then, you know, we saw a few great photography projects pop up here and there. But now I think we're kind of testing the limits of Web3, testing the limits of uh, photography in NFTs. So it's uh, it feels like I've been here for a really long time, but doing nothing. Um, so this is this is my first drop with my own work, um, which is uh, I don't even know how to think about it because I've been planning this and thinking about it for so long. So it's like I feel very calm and very confident in my work. This is the best series that I ever uh, wanted to show to enter the space. But at the same time, it's like honestly very scary too. <laughs> so that's what, that's where we are. There's definitely like that that vulnerability when entering in the NFT space, especially as a creator. And I think I just love that you mentioned that because I, I, th I think it kind of transcends um, success. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you are entering the space and you have a, a, a wider ray of success already in the industry it's just uh it's different because it's a different type of connection and but what i love is that you mentioned that you've one that you've kind of been into crypto and kind of been curious about it um and then obviously you've been kind of watching the nft scene uh and i love that sam kind of talked about that when i had him on the show as well that you know, it's uh, you really wanted to study it and understand it, which I just have a mad amount of respect for because so many people just try to jump in really quickly. But it doesn't surprise me with how you really uh, want to understand culture when it comes to some of the communities that you photograph in and that you really wanted to take time to get to know what this space is all about. And so I'm curious when um, kind of the conviction moment happened for you uh, to where you were like, wow, like I really do want to build in this space. I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I've gotten enough information to really believe in it. And I'd love to kind of hear that journey and uh, of your mind for, for that mindset to change from being a spectator to now becoming a builder. Yeah, I always thought that you should enter with something that's new and not just simply like dump old work. Um, and it should be something that uh, that's kind of made unique for the space or do something that you can only do with this technology. Um, and of course, there's a lot of classic things that have been uploaded or minted that have success. But um, I always just wanted to enter with something fresh. And honestly, uh, Kia had so much success with like her series with the Yathreda. Um, and like, you know, I was, I was, we've been helping onboard people in Ethiopia to crypto for a really long time. And it's just like all of those experiments became kind of real. And these were just videos that we would just kind of screw around with and not take too seriously. And there was never really a space for them b b before. And then when, when that success happened, I was like, man, maybe there is a world that I can do something for my new book because I have, you know, like one of the things about uh, my work is I've always believed in doing personal series, right? So even before I was paid or there's any outlet to like sell this kind of work, I always did my own personal projects. And those were just because that's the reason why I became a photographer in the first place, but also because I could use them to get jobs of uh, things that look like that. Um, but to answer your question, the breaking moment 
for me was like, oh, wow, people actually appreciate these things. And all of these people who took a chance buying weird internet money, now they're taking a chance on art. And they're probably right because there's a lot of value here. So like when Sam sold his paintings, we were amazed by how much ETH or whatever that he made. But at the same time, it felt like, oh, value is actually just returning here. Like the money he made is just what that style of work might actually be worth if we didn't sell our souls to these social media companies and post all of our images for free on them. If everyone was an owner, then, you know, like this whole thing can actually work. So that's kind of the moment that it clicked for me was I saw that the people buying these NFTs were very real and it wasn't money laundering and it wasn't this or that. It was like, oh, there's a whole community here. And then when I got involved, like I also wanted to collect. And when I make Ethereum, that's also what I plan to do with my money, you you know, like enter and just go, go all in basically. So it just, everything became very real and it wasn't a figment of my imagination anymore. Yeah, I absolutely love. There's just so many things to unpack in what you said because there's um there's so many elements that you touched on that I think are really important to kind of the onboarding movement and the fact that you kind of took a step back and watched the space before entering. You can see kind of the 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 appreciation that you have for the space because you've watched what's been happening. Um, there's there's two things that I want to touch on, and the first one goes back to where you were talking about onboarding people in Ethiopia. uh, And I just would love to chat for a second, because I'm sure better than most, you understand being in some of these third world countries, or where, you know, these tribal communities are still around and kind of the evolution of tech in these societies, um, how important it is to kind of have an, a layer of access that never has been around before um, to like a financial world. I mean, it's not talked about enough about how restricted in a lot of these communities, it's impossible to even have a bank. Uh, and so now that the world is, it's kind of like this borderless ecosystem that unites and connects everyone. I'm curious if you kind of saw the power of that even before kind of the NFT movement and how that, that kind of peaked your curiosity when it came to bitcoin and crypto if you if you if you have to explain inflation to your american or canadian friend it's really hard for them to kind of wrap their mind around like the dollars they have are not going to be worth the same in a few years but if you explain that to someone in ethiopia they totally get it really easily because it's a highly inflationary environment you know what was what what cost like you know, a hundred burr today used to be like 10 burr a few, like maybe five years ago or something. So like in Ethiopia, people know to put their money into valuable things like, like a car, for example, it's going to hold its value. And if you can compare that to people in the United States, we think, oh, owning a, a car is kind of a money pit, right? So actually explaining these things in inflationary countries is actually easier, I think, than here because we have a kind of a baked in or a hardened mold of understanding the world uh, in terms of like inflationary currencies. So like the whole Ethereum thing makes makes sense. Um, And then in terms of valuing art, that's something that I think the whole world's fighting for, right? So I fought for it as a as a commercial photographer, you know, fighting for like owning my images and licensing and things like that. 
But in other countries, even outside of our, our spoiled environment where I come from, it's like the idea that an artist can live and make money off their art is something very strange. Like, like you go to a barber shop and there's just like a printed stolen photo of 50 cent, like get your hair cut like this. And it's like, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a huge wake up call for anybody who really values art and their work. And again, I'll say, I don't think that the money that's going around the space is crazy. It's just, it's like what things are actually being valued today. And I think that artists are starting to have a lot more power than they ever had. And I think that's why it's being described as a kind of renaissance. The, the renaissance that we are experiencing doesn't come in the form of uh, paintings in gilded frames during the like Dutch classical era. It doesn't come in the form of a photo salon in Paris where all these rich like socialites gather and bid on your painting of a armed Dutch guild or something. What what this renaissance looks like in today is us on a Twitter space talking to crazy Carl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is this is this is how it looks in 2021. I mean, the fact that I could be included in a renaissance is pretty crazy. Uh, that is that definitely <laughs> that definitely blows my mind. But you're right. I mean, I think you're you're spot on. I mean, when it comes to these things, it's like the the landscape that we are are working in is changing and the powerful thing that i just i was i've been in crypto for 4 years heavily and the thing that i just continue to see are these layers that are added on top and like it reminds you of web 2 getting built up and all of a sudden you know first you're trying to connect to AIM to message and DM some girl in middle school. And now, you know, you're able to connect uh, with anyone anywhere and learn about anything in seconds. It's just a whole different world that we're living in from even a decade ago. And so the whole fact that that information can spread faster, that we can learn as a human species quicker, it's uh, really powerful. But I think uh, it's even more powerful when you go to these these countries and you see uh, the the culture is so beautiful that you can see that through your photography fee. But at the same time, it's like there's there. Sometimes it feels probably like the, these communities are living in a bubble. And I know you've talked about how like oral traditions if one generation passes through like because everything's passed down from father to son if if that stops even in one generation it can hurt the the culture of these and some cultures can change but then at the same time you know the opening up of a new culture can also change lives um and you've kind of seen that with the modernization that you've talked about in Ethiopia so i'd love for you to talk about how people in these other worlds are able to access technology and be able to really see it as a, a new opportunity to change their life. There are there are nomads, and I think Nibby should chime in here too. But there are nomads living in Ethiopia who who didn't go through the phase of having telephone poles built on their land to get a phone into their house, right? And they skipped that whole thing and just have cell phones now, right? And they are like actively trading Foden credit as a as a currency. So I don't really see this technology, honestly, as something 
alien or something it like oh it's so advanced i actually see it as kind of a step back to a very natural world and that gets into like a kind of very goopy psychedelic conversation about like what are we what are we actually doing here right we're like exchanging value i'm converting my time energy love and us dollars into like photos of ethiopia right and then like people are appreciating those photos um, based on my experiences and my life in the country. And it, like there's value and passion and love stored in those things. And there's a weird energy about it that people are tapping into when they collect these things or when they hold these things or even when they flip these things for money. You know what I mean? So it's like it's mm -hmm. it's getting back to like the natural world where I see is like web two, you know, everything owned by a giant centralized company. That to me is the unnatural thing. Nibi, did you want to add on anything there? Uh yeah, I mean uh you know like the whole world of NFT is like so new for us and like when we even like we started this project probably we didn't even thought about NFTs. Like NFTs was not in the picture. But uh, it threw out, throw out like, you know, when, when you see photographers, you know, they come, they invest all the money, they put their lives in the risk. We, the places we went and photographed is like, you know, like not to, to sell them on NFTs, to, to documentary this uh, culture and these people. And in my country, is, uh, there's over 80 tribes. And then, you know, all these tribes are like throughout the change, the change is coming so quickly. Sometimes the young people, even they don't even know what their fathers did before. And then there was no like preserving them. So like our project is like preserving this. But then now to see, you know, in a way, these photographers in a way and our works like can get like paid or like get like get valued in a, in a way of like NFT words is like it's pretty amazing. And um, but it's. Did uh, did you get cut, Joey? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I think Nibri. Uh, Nibby, are you still there? I think he got cut off there for a second. But he got rugged. Yeah, <laughs> the joys <laughs> but, of technology. But one thing that he said that I I just kind of blew my mind is that that when you're taking these photog this uh, these photos and documenting these worlds, it's um, one thing that I think a lot of people, even myself, until just hearing. Uh, Nibi talk but is... I, I you guys heard me oh, oh here it goes there you go yeah we heard we we heard it until the end there did you want to finish your point um Nibi Nibi are you there okay We'll hopefully, we'll hopefully get, I'll bring him back into yeah. the conversation. Yeah. But one thing that I wanted to touch on is that the importance of documenting this isn't just for our sake of seeing these, this, uh, this culture, it, the importance of it and documenting it for the actual, the, you're, I feel like the soul of this is really for the people that you are going and talking to. It's not just about documenting this so that Westerners can see like this way of life. It's so that these traditions can they can look back on and appreciate because like he said because of the evolution of technology uh, a lot of these uh, these tribal cultures are going to uh 
lose a sense of like their identity if they don't have this. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the, the Ethiopia project, the reason why I chose it as my first big NFT drop is for the very reasons that you just described, but as well as it is, it is such a personal series to me because it is my most, you know, large, uh, time scale series and it is about where i grew as a photographer and there are images in the book that's coming out that are literally from 2008 and you can see the evolution of time so i don't really know if photographers should be on a mission to go around the world and just document everything because like they're going to save the day it's really about like I don't think I could do this book or this collection of work in another country to, to this same style. I mean, I've shot and photographed a lot of specific topics in other countries, or let's say even cultural studies, for example, in Kurdistan, how Kurds went through a cultural renaissance during a war. But really, this is a very national project. It's all of these groups that find themselves inside the nation state borders of Ethiopia. And my visual style as a photographer, what I'm adding to this is connecting it all through visual cohesion. So all these groups are very distinct and they have their own style and their own culture, but there can be a unified thread through photography that kind of connects all these things and makes a greater message and a greater uh, collection or work of art. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to say about, you know, going to like tribal cultures because you want to document them and, and pre preserve them. But at the same time, I think, you, you know, there's a lot of photos in the collection that are cities or from urban cultures or from, you know, things that I would have overlooked um, when I first went to Ethiopia as a very young, young person who didn't really see the world like that. It's really easy to fall in love with uh, countryside kind of tribal groups because they're just photogenic no matter what you do. But I feel that there's a, there's a layer of depth that you can enter by a very, very long-term project and a very long-term view. Me and Sam love the word God length, but like a, a very crazy amount of time. So in the NFT collection, there are photos that are like I, I took when I was 18 years old and most of that stuff looks horrible now <laughs> looking back, but there's a few that like held up and then there's some stuff that's like, you know, really new. So that's, that's really how I, how I, how I see the project. Well, I, and, uh, it's it, the fact that you've gone back, um, over time for 12 years. I mean, it, I love that you pulled it back. That's important that no one feels like they're just being a hero because the whole core of your project is really based out of empathy for a culture. Uh, and I'd love for you just to chat about how important it is. Like when, as an 18 year old, like being like, wow, I'm like, I really want to go learn about you know, a different culture than my own, uh, because that's something that I feel like is probably one of the biggest dividers of our of humanity is just not taking time to have empathy and understanding where you know where people come from and how they've how we all evolved as a species. And so, I'd love for you to kind of uh, chat about your um, your love over time for like 
appreciating and empathizing with cultures that aren't our own and how that's played a huge part in kind of your your passion uh, in this passion projects that you go around and kind of uh, explore worlds that may not make sense to you, but you want to really get to know the people. It's not just about going and taking a photo. It's really about getting to know and love uh, a, a, a different world that you're not aware of uh, and that you want to explore more. Yeah, honestly, I don't think we're aware of the things that are even in front of our, our own face. So I, I'm going to mix it up for you um, here and give you a weird example. So one of my other photo series is Halloween in Brooklyn, right? And it's about a American tradition that I like grew up with as a, as growing up in, in Canada and you just do it, you partake in it, but then you start to travel around and you know, a guy in Ethiopia, a guy in India is like, what, what the hell is this festival? And, and, and you have to go, Oh wow, this is just kind of indoctrinated into me. And this is like, Mm. This is this this thing. This is like it. It represents so much stuff about American culture. There's like a consumerism aspect to it. There's like this like Hollywood aspect to it. There's like a European connection through like the pagan rituals and stuff. And it's like, wow, we just told each other these stories for a thousand years through broken telephone. And now I'm dressing up like Captain America asking for candy to my neighbor's house. So like this, this is, this is incredible. This is, this is culture. So like when I spent, uh, like when I recently came back for this Halloween, I came into town for NFT NYC because I'm living in Ethiopia with Kia now. And when I saw Halloween after two years because of COVID, like I didn't come back, I was seeing it for the first time through new eyes. And I was like, wow, this is what it's like to travel to another place and document some other tradition. So it's like these, these like layers and layers of humanity, we have different expressions for them and they take on different shapes uh, based on the environment or the region that they are. But really they are kind of all similar or they do all kind of goop together if you like zoom out enough. So that's that's honestly the way that I see it. I, 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 I have to tell you that like I don't really see like Ethiopia has become a very, very regular, normal place for me. And it's amazing to be based in the capital. And we can just like me and Nibi Kia, we can just go out one day and just photograph some of these amazing things that are not, are not found in other countries. But if you if you come at it from the perspective of like, oh, I'm a photographer and I'm here to save the day and I saved you by clicking this photo like that's not. I don't think that's going to help anyone. Like, that's not what this is. What, what, what this is, is, is trying to pull at something, something a lot, a lot deeper. And, um, I think you tapped into it when you're talking about a greater humanity where our species can survive on this planet through all these diverse traits that we have. We're a species that like adapts to its environment and grows all these weird tentacles that are rooted in the very soil where we come from. And that, that is what I love as a photographer. That's, that's what all my projects are about. So like when I wanted to choose what, what would be the best way to enter the NFT space, it would be like, I want to come with this collection where when I was a teenager, I started as a complete dumbass. like, wow, look at this, this is crazy. <laughs> and then I evolved into kind of having this, 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 uh, 
I think, deeper appreciation for all of these things that were right in front of my face uh, from the very beginning. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's beautiful, man. I think, I, I think you're spot on. And I think, I think what's incredible about blockchain and Web3, and you said kind of your curiosity and passion for this is just like, um, you know, the history books are another good example that they're written and we're like indoctrinated with like a way that we see the world. But if you go to another country, especially ones that maybe we've been at war with, the, the entire narrative is completely different. Uh, and so I think it is such a powerful thing. And like the only way that we evolve as a, as a more intellectual species is is through empathy and getting to know others. And so... As you were talking, I just thought it was really something came across my mind, which I, I hadn't really thought about before. But when you think about things like the metaverse and these different worlds that are going to be created, it it fascinates me to think that maybe we will be able to almost be able to, uh, for those of us that, that can't travel or go and, you know, maybe live in another place that you still in maybe our lifetime even, we'll be able to at least be able to share and try to understand cultures because of Web3 that never uh, before was available to our human race before. And it's just, uh, it's actually, like you said, that's I think maybe why you see a lot of power in this is like we can actually spend time getting to know one another at a deeper level that will allow us to kind of grow as a species and evolve into into a, a better into a better world. Yeah, I don't think all humans have to be the same, right? We should all be different, and we should celebrate that. And like, there shouldn't be a a, a unifying thread that makes us all like uh, the shade of gray, the same shade of gray, right? But with metaverse type stuff, what what you can do is like I think about my younger sister and when I was her age, the world seemed really far away and all of these cultures and all of these people seem like, wow, vastly different. But then you go there and you're like, okay, this is like different, unique, but expressions coming from the same place. So if like if if the metaverse can can connect people in that way then it means that we don't have to erase these things and make them like us to adopt these things. That's one of the really great things about VR or all these things. It's like you can bring your own thing to the table. And yeah, of course, in some of these places we photograph, there's not even like electricity or an internet connection. But I do remember a time when I first got Facebook and I could like talk to my friends in, in Ethiopia and it was the most amazing thing ever um and you know facebook however evil or ho <laughs> however uh um like vile it became as a company it really was the first metaverse kind of right where it's like this is a profile picture and this is like me talking to my friend and now yeah they're trying to enter the the space and i don't know if uh if they have the right in intentions but you, you, you know, all of these things are bringing us uh, closer as a species where we, we can still live in our physical environments and do our day to day things uni unique. But we do have this connection device now that is I'm lucky enough to be old enough where like I remember not having that. But my sister, she doesn't know a, a time when she couldn't 
like go on Twitter and talk to other Demi Lovato fans, yeah. for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're yeah, and that's another thing that I wanted to touch on is like the world where we grew up, you know, even a decade ago in like messaging or Facebook, it's like our local community. So it's more of the same, right? It's not like diverse diversifying the type of borderless world that maybe we can hope one day to embrace and get to know others for similar passions, but then also get to know them for their differences as well. But even just in starting this show, and I've been doing it for four months, uh, and the podcast has been, I, I don't have data about Twitter spaces and like who's in these rooms, but in the podcast, I can go and see where these are being played. And even in just four months, it's been, this show's been played in over 50 countries and I'm not marketing or anything. And that just blows my mind. And I think that's kind of where, you know, what's different and weird to me is going to be normal for next generation where you can learn and kind of connect uh, with people all over the world in a borderless ecosystem that's connected through blockchain and ledger and you'll be able to you'll be able to make these connections uh, and and continue to learn as you grow up about people that have completely different views or walks of life and I think that's a really powerful thing for the ev- evolution of humans and I think probably one of the most powerful things about why we're probably going to evolve into like a digital sp- a species over time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And there was such a sterile era of the internet where we had to use our real names. And obviously I still use mine, but like we need to see like cats as people's avatars again to like do this right. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of those things about Facebook that I'm worried about with like meta is like, that's what I agree. It's like when you, when you create your own identity, what you connect with, what you're passionate about, it allows you to, it allows you to become your own culture, create your own species, you know, and also be able to share with others what you're passionate about and find like-minded people. And it doesn't matter if they're in America or Africa or wherever in the entire world, we can connect by the click of a button. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. Yeah, but it's organic. That's the thing. Is it's is as natural as anything else that we do. There, there's nothing synthetic about this. Yeah, that that is true. It feels and it feels that way. And I feel like that's when you know you're in you're going in the right direction is when you can feel that that connection. Like having having being able to connect with Sam and then being able to see you in that space and connecting with you and now having you on this space after getting to see your photography. Like that's like this. It's just a beautiful thing. Like the connections are real and they're organic. And I think that's one thing that I talk about on the show a lot is like, if you're in Web3, one of the most important things is building community organically. We're, we've, we've kind of been growing up in a society where you have to be, you, you feel like you're a product and you have to purchase ads to kind of get in front of faces and partner with, but you don't have to do any of that. You just have to be you and be human. And I think that's probably the greatest power of Web3 is we're like humanizing this, the, the world again. And yeah, Sam, and Sam has his hand that. up too. So after you, let's let's bring in let's bring in Sam. Sam, give us it... some give us some give us some wisdom. Hey, buddy. Uh, I wanted to you know because I it's weird. I think you and I had spent the last ten months sort of exploring the space together. That I forgot that I even introduced you to it, and that I had like a window because we've we've been sort of 
trying to solve it uh, in unison yeah. uh, for the last year. And in line with that, I, I leading up to my drop uh, had, was 10 months of creating, but also like 10 months of understanding. But I think one thing that uh, maybe gets a little like lost in the sauce is a lot of that was like 10 months of fear. And that fear was this thing that was tied to so much irrationality of like the old world of like how we viewed ourselves as like uh, a named human or, or artist, like what we were supposed to be, what we were supposed to make, uh, the worlds we were supposed to operate in, what metrics were deemed successful or uh, interesting or uh, a merit of, of our time. And I'm kind of curious, like for you, uh, I, I, you know, in, in putting Lucy out there, I shared a lot of kind of the fears that I had, I had grappled with, but for you getting to the point of putting this enormous body of work, uh, not just as like, oh, here's a few NFTs, like just did my toe and just, hey, here's a little sprinkling of Ethiopia, but to really view it as here's 75 of the best images of 400 uh, of the best images, which comprise a book over 13 years, which you took thousands and thousands of photos and, and like built an entire life. And like, what was the fear that you kind of had to uh, work through as just a human, as like kind of a, a baby brained, <laughs> you know, non, non, non NFT artist has not understood uh, or, or come to grips with the meta mask of it all. Like, how did you cross the veil and finally commit to doing this and doing it in a big way instead of just waffling uh, of, Oh, how, how, how do I, how do I become an NFT photographer instead of a photographer? Well, these, these photos are my babies, man. I, I mean, do you know when you stare at a word for too long on a page and you're like, is that actually spelled right? Like I've stared at these photos for so long. I, I don't even know what's good or what, like what I'm doing, like, what is this? And it's just like the way that I would roll this out up until that, that time when I was talking with you, Sam, uh, with Lyle Awerko, with Justin Aversano, like trying to orange pill me and get me in, into this, I was like, no, 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 like this is going to be a book. That's how this works. This is going to be a fine art book. And then I'm going to have an exhibition and then I'm going to print it and people are going to buy the print and hang it on their wall. All of that stuff is real and I love that stuff. But at the same time, my brain has become so poisoned now that I'm like, wait a minute, you, you would buy art and like physically store it now. And then like, like that, like that to me makes less sense than like collecting, uh, like cryptographic tokens, right? Like that to me makes more sense now. So back to your question about, about fear, it was because I had already done this for so long and, you know, people like Fawocious, your friend Victor, like they were just born into this. So they like, they could just ape right in and put up what they're working on but me i had all this like old baggage of of how i used to unroll things okay i have a book com com coming out so then there's gonna be a trailer and then i'm gonna release all of the videos before like in this new space like what happens if i release the photos first and then i put out videos so whoever holds those photos like they gain value 
and maybe they'll trade or the floor will rise. So there's like, there's all these, all these like really, really creative things that people were doing here that I just like, wasn't, I wasn't tapped into, even though I'm not too old. It's just like, I got started very, very young and I grew up in a very like legacy system. And I do remember things were starting to collapse. Uh, even as I, you know, started with photography, the old way to do things was as a photographer, you shoot editorials first. And that's the only way to get your name out there because there's no websites. And then you'll get hired for advertising because people saw your name in a magazine. Like that whole thing disintegrated as I was coming up. And I remember being on this uh, panel of like a magazine. It was like some kind of men's fashion magazine. And they were like talking about the internet and like wondering, is this going to destroy their magazine? And I thought, wait, wouldn't this just make their magazine better? Because then instead of seeing a photo and buying that product, like you can click on it. And it's like a very, very like innocent view of the internet at that time. Um, but even though I went through that, like, I'm still, I'm still part of that world. Like I've made, I've made advertisements. I I'm like part of this whole like rollout plan. So I had to just untangle myself from that. And I still, I still struggle with that now. And I don't know if it, like, it's so my, my mold, my clay has been so hardened that like, even when I do this, uh, NFT, NFT drop, like I, I, I still might be a little bit scared. So that's why like, I didn't, you know, upload an NFT series of like celebrity portraits or something like that. It's like, this is, this is my own passionate work. This is how I got started. This is what I did no matter what, when nobody was paying me, this is what I always loved about photography. So this one, this should be the first thing. I like that because unlike many people, you know, we both were in commercial worlds as the main mechanisms of uh, sort of funding our art. But, uh, you know, unlike me, you always carve time and money that you would get from these commercial gigs to to fund these endeavors, to keep going back and back and back and back to Ethiopia. Um, I'm sure Kia had something to do with it. But uh, at the end, at the end of the day, you were doing that before this sort of financial mechanism of NFTs uh even remotely existed and so to look at like 13 years of what self-driven uh passion and interest uh now connects to is like this is the ethos of the space like this is what you're seeing all these young artists uh skipping uh the commercial world to go straight to this is is they uh, they, they don't have the filter. They have, they're, they're able to jump right in with their whole heart in the thing that they truly give a shit about. And so for you to kind of jump in after hoarding <laughs> this gold for 13 years uh, and finally putting out to the world, I think is uh, the best possible way to do it. Um, but one bit that I asked before that I kind of wanted you to uh dig a little deeper on was why why all of this why why the whole collection and why uh with justin well i am a hoarder and that's for sure i like like nibby knows this kia knows this they've been with me when i took like amazing photos and like we've posted like instagram stories of stuff of us taking it but then <laughs> the photo comes 
like years later. And it's because I, I always see things from a collection point of view, right? I, I don't see my images as something cheap, as something disposable, that as soon as you take it, you just put it up. It's much stronger together. So it's like, since this project is called Ethiopia, imagine the burden of that. Like, what is Ethiopia? It is all of these things together as one, right? So yeah, this could be a cool you know, series from the South, or this could be a cool series from, you know, Ethiopian Christmas or what, whatever. But I think the real power of this at least comes from that it's a giant collection. And yeah, like you're right. At first I did have the idea, oh, I'll just like slowly put this stuff out, you know, uh, three pictures for a drop, kind of like your paintings that took 10 months. But when I was talking with Justin, like, first of all, the, my first idea was to like put out a few photos on foundation or super rare or something like that. But then when I, when I called Justin and he was giving me advice for this, he like really messed with my head. He was like, you should upload all of it. All of it. And I was like, what are you crazy? And he's like, put all of it up at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. Wow. I think that makes sense. And like, that's what, that's what he did. And then he was working on this platform. He was working on Quantum. It didn't even have a name at that time. And he says, "Dude, you have to be the. <laughs> you have to. You have to get on this thing. You can be like one of the first people." And I've I've known Justin for a re really long time, and I just believed in him. All of the things that people say about Justin being a very nice guy and very genuine are, is very very true. So I thought, you know what? All of these worlds are combining. Sam's trying to make me do this. Kia's having a lot of success with hers um lyle Owerko is like trying to get me in, in on this all of these people are always first to these things always first and i'm always last so this time i'm gonna i'm gonna get in there and not be afraid so i just followed what justin said and it's like it's all of it or nothing uh i don't know if you guys still there and can hear me i lost you guys before my connection is still kind of yeah, bad we, enough. we can hear you so, perfectly amazing yeah honestly like you know i'm i'm really excited about this drop because when joey told me like he's gonna drop like 75 photos i was like what like because i thought he's gonna do like few of the project photo and then the book will come out but in a way when i see it like now understanding this nft world and how much like the, its values the artist and how much you know effort you put and i've been working with joey like i don't know since like 2016 2014 and it's like the things like with this book project like the things we give for the project and the, the places we went and the places uh, and the the, the the things we see and then like you know it's, it's not an easy thing to do and to see it on like drop like an NFT where the artist and like the buyers uh, gives it so much value is like, it's actually really nice instead of seeing it and uh, like making it like an exhibition or something like that, you know? So I feel like really, really happy to actually like these photos are coming and this platform done, uh, you know, like in, in a book or like, obviously it will come in a book, but like, you know, like to see it in the NFT world. I, I also love that, you know, you talked a little bit about this earlier, but you talked about like unpacking um, like culture that we grew up in, which I think was just really powerful and something that, 
you know, this is, we've seen, um, we we almost, like you said, some of that fear came around the, the systems that we've been taught over years and years that doesn't really, it, it it's not the same world that we lived in. And there's new opportunities and, and better, and those opportunities honestly are better for humanity and as in terms of evolving as a species, in terms of interconnectedness and empathy. And so I think one thing that's really beautiful is when you do put out all 75 pictures and you like put it out there and just lay it out and give it to the world like it's part of your soul, it's part of your heart. And and I really, uh, I just wanted to praise you too because I think one thing that's really powerful about this movement, this ecosystem is really becoming connected with it in a deeper way than just like you said, putting out an NFT, put out something on super rare and then do it again in a little bit. But like you're putting your soul on the table. And I think that's why Justin's collection has done so well is because that's what he did. He just put it all out there. It didn't matter what the original cost was, but he put it into the world, this new ecosystem and you see what's happened to it because of that. And I feel like this is one of those moments again where it's like you're able to unleash so much passion, your passion, like this passion project that you've been working on for 12 years. And now is finally the right time. Like now you finally can give it to the world and find the place where it's not like someone that you had to sell it to. Like you're able to kind of have control over it. And I would love for you to kind of unpack like what that's like to know that this is something that it's not a publisher. It's not like this is just you you and your soul and that's all that's behind this and how that feels different. And going back to something that you had Sam answer when he was on the show, seeing a big advertisement in New York City versus Lucy. How's, how's this feel different than another big work another big photo shoot with a celebrity. How's it, how's that feel like different in terms of this drop versus other projects that you've done? Yeah. So for the audience, you know, Sam is used to having billboards all over the place with his paintings and his first personal project was up there during, um, NFT NYC, his, uh, portrait of the Lucy that you see in his, um, profile picture, picture, picture there. Um, look, I, I've, I've had, um, you know, huge, huge billboards of my own photos around. And honestly, it's always a really nice experience to see that. And um, I, I don't know, I can't be like uh, upset about my commercial success. And I'm really happy about, you know, the things that I've done. But this is, this is me. I, I mean, this is very much my life. I mean, me, Nibby, and Kia almost died making this work. We saved our hard drives from a month-long trip in a, in a crazy uh, riot in a, in a burning ho- hotel. Like, we, we rescued these hard drives. And when I look at the photos, I, I, I see all of these stories and all of these connections that we've made and how we love each other and how um, all like it's, it's all infused in there and maybe it's a subconscious thing when people look at it, but there might be like, sorry to get wit- like witchy with you, but there might be some kind of like sorcery, <laughs> sorcery that's happening when you actually like put your heart and soul into something and people can feel it when they look at it and they know it's not bullshit and they know it's not fake and they know it's very, very real. 
and again, this is why I chose this work instead of another kind of work. Is like this is me. This is like how Sam did Lucy. Like Lucy is him, even it kind of looks like him. <laughs> These photos are really our life and my growth as a photographer and just all of the crazy adventure that we went on that I can't even believe that like Nibby, like we chose, oh yeah, let's do all of it. <laughs> because like I thought the Ethiopia book, oh, you know, it's going to have some photos from the South and then, oh, some from the North. But then like we went absolutely crazy, like all over the country to regions that like barely anybody goes, even to the point where the people at the checkpoints in like Somali region told us why are you here there's like nothing here for you <laughs> and um we we just like we really poured everything into this and i think back on like all the times we woke up in our tents at 3 a.m to go shoot sunrise somewhere and it's just like i don't know what kind of what what kind of kick we are on but like man we 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 really fought for this and we really you, you know sacrificed so much of ourselves for this so I poured myself in into this for years and I don't even know why or how I used to do that before there was any other platform. But I guess it just goes back to like, this is why I became a photographer in the first place was to do things like this and all of the commissions of like great magazines or whatever in the past that life magazine or whoever like used to send people to, to do these things like they don't really exist anymore. And we have to find our own ways to fund these things. We have to find our own ways to do these things. But more importantly, we have to give ourselves and our time for these things. Nibby, Nibby, I saw you come up. Yeah, I, I really just want to like, uh, I just love hearing what Joey say now. And like, you know, like this project is not just uh, give justice for like our work and our hard work, but it's actually going to give a lot of justice to my country with what's going on right now in the country. And, you know, it's like all you hear is a bad stuff. And like this project is like we've been through so much and it will give justice to the people. And plus, you know, it's in this huge change in the country. And in a few years, uh, I believe, you know, some of the places we should in a couple of years, it's already changing so much. And uh, with the bureaucracy, with everything, it's like it's gonna be really difficult even to capture the same image in a couple of years. If another photographer goes, and if I go myself, even I don't think I can capture it in a way like people like can show the real themselves. So like you know, coming out on this platform is like that's why I'm like really excited about like these things are like one a lifetime. Some of the photos gonna be like once a lifetime photos. Like you cannot even like it's gonna be like. The 70s photos, what like, uh, you know, traveler photographers came and uh, shoot in a film, you know, it's going to be those kind of photos. So uh, I'm really excited, you know, like this platform will give justice for the photos and give value to our hard work. Yeah, Sam, did you want to add on? Yeah, I, you know, the the thing that Joey's touching on of how they just kind of kept at it even when I, their, their lives were genuinely at risk. I mean, there was some truly scary calls I, I would get uh, from Ethiopia uh, when he was with uh, Nibirat and Kia uh, last year. And um, I think it speaks to something that, uh, in my observation, makes Joey very unique among photographers. Uh, and it's actually something that uh, Driftman, uh, Drifter Shoots, uh, touched on 
a few weeks back in the space he talked about, which is uh, it boils down to just fire. Uh, who's got fire? And Joey has like an insane amount of fire. And it's the kind of thing that many other photographers might see a, uh, oh, a foreign country. Uh, people are dressed in an interesting way. Um, this is very photogenic. Uh, there's a nice little backdrop. Uh, I don't need to know too much about it. It just already is aesthetically interesting. I think I can probably sell some prints of this, yada, yada. Very cynical view, sure, but is nonetheless how a lot of uh, tourist level photography kind of happens. Uh, maybe Joy began in a place like that and can own that because uh, that's part of what being an authentic person is, is, you know, you first see something and it's just this sort of sweet taste. It's just, you know, eye catching. Uh, but the difference between him and I, I think your, your even great photographer, what separates him from even, even the best out there is that fire that is willing to peel back an absurd level of detail of everything that he sees. So any one region he goes to, he does a deep dive. And in that deep dive, he sees how that region came to be what it is and how it connects to a region adjacent to it and how that region is connected to something adjacent to it, how that the country is connected to uh, immigration from Egypt and beyond. He is looking for this zoomed out, ancient connected level of why a country is what it is, uh, the environment, the culture, and never settling for something small at, or surface level and aesthetic, and instead using those beautiful details that make up, uh, you know, some beads on a necklace or a nice headdress or a beautiful dress or, or what have you. And that, that is just one tiny element that is just happens to be the authentic surface level current representation of what's there. But truly what's there is how every bit of that is connected to some part of the country and some part of its past. And that, that fire, that thing that kept him coming back 13 years uh, over and over and over, that only happens if you are, you, if you really, really fucking live it and you really are interested in understanding the totality of a place of a topic, of a subject. You can go infinitely into pretty much any subject uh, in the world. Um, Ethiopia has been his, and this book is, uh, is that. It is that full, total encompassing uh, vision of what this place is like. And as you will see by everyone that actually lives there, who has seen these images, that 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 sentiment is echoed. It's not it's not an outside perspective. It's very much internal one. There's an enormous amount of pride uh, coming from the country for these images. I I just it makes me go back to one thing that you had said earlier, Sam, which was that you were inspired a lot by Joey because of the fact that he always carved time out, even kind of being buckled down into this system where we're constantly having, you know, kind of this like this old legacy world of success and what it looks like, you know, people thinking that his his photo shoots with celebrities is like amazing and that's what makes him great. But in reality, like his purpose and his vision and his his soul 
is in is in Ethiopia. And I think uh, one thing that I took away from our chat when you were on the show as well was that like that's one of the great things about Web three is being able to find your passion. And Joey, you kind of connected to this earlier, seeing someone like Fiwo and all of the young artists that are born into this new culture where they can just be authentically them and not have to worry about these barriers that hold you back from your true like your true happiness and where you feel your soul and so i think it's just uh it goes back to that and kind of that unpacking and saying and being able to do the thing that you truly love and the the thing that you're passionate about and where your soul is and being able to find the community that that um that uplifts you because of that because that's truly who you are and i think that's kind of the beautiful nature of what we're evolving as as a species is being able to being able to find those communities within where it's not it's no longer materialistic it's not these things it's about like finding those those true people that connect with the same passion and soul that you have and it's just like a I think such a beautiful thing when thinking about the future yeah like all of us we are on the exact same path and by the way thank you for saying all those nice things i was just sitting here on mute like with with the little tear emoji in my eye but um, like all of our all of our team felt it because we want to give something to our kids that represents the country. You know, like I'm going to have kids that are half Ethiopian. Nibi wants to leave something behind of, you know, his experience. I wrote about his uh, father um, in my book about how Nibi grew up in a crazy like Wild West frontier when nomads first started coming to the market. And like trading stuff for salt and sugar who had like scarifications and lip plates and it's like we want to we want to really pass this on yeah not just to show what existed before but also like to carry it on and to show what's so special about this country like right now if you watch the news of course it's topical and it's important to to cover the conflict in ethiopia but what we really miss here are these kind of enduring elements. So look, my last book was about war, right? It was about a horrible conflict in Iraq and Syria. And when I started this book, it wasn't supposed to be about war and those things would never get uh, channeled into it, even though there was a war going on in the country for some of uh, when we were shooting this. Even us, we were talking about, we went through that horrific riot around this time last year where all of us almost died like we lost everything i I lost all my equipment we saved our hard drives nibby left that without his shoes like (laughs) like we we went on an airplane leaving uh the place where it happened a city called jima our hotel was burned down with us inside of it three people died in the hotel and like we left with nothing no clothes no, like maybe like boarded the airplane with no shoes no id card and we had our hard drives and then what i wanted to say was two two or three months later like all of us are pretty traumatized and two or three months later we're like you know what should we do should we go out again or like how is everyone feeling you know checking in on each other what are we going to do and it was without question of course like we got to finish this thing like this is like there's we can't let that frame the country like this one off event we can't even let topical events frame the country these are things that have endured uh, and got to this place over thousands of years no matter who is in power no matter what 
politics dominated the day. That's what the book is about. So the fact that we went through this experience even made like our project stronger because even after that, we still focused on the beauty and had this dignified approach for Ethiopia. And when we got back on the road, it was like nothing had happened, right? Like we still, like we still think about it and we joke about it now, but it's like two or three months later, we were just back and we were, you know, playing music at the campsite and Nibby's dancing without his pants on, you know, <laughs> it's like we were, we were back. I think Nibby, you should talk about it more be, be, because all of us were pretty traumatized. I, I had to go back to America and like get all my equipment again and come back. And then like Vice was filming with us and we were like, is this, is this the right time? I don't know, but it was. And then we finished it and then we came back stronger and all of us had this like deep bond. And we just, I think from that point onward, we really started kicking yeah. ass and like we had a different yeah. view. Like definitely yeah. like that, that trip is like, as much as it's traumatizing, it was, it's also like kind of, we realized this project is actually like bigger than us like you know we we survived it and then we did not look back about like the traumatized we said like oh we put ourselves into this risk and we get out of it but then like this this is not done and we can't stop now because we already sacrificed so much it's like it's not even about equipment and it's about that like we can buy it all again but we just like mentally we are so traumatized and uh, we almost lost one of our members like he was like literally shot at uh, so like and he couldn't get back to like that but we were like you know we can we can continue like this and then plus you know the COVID and everything the whole situation but the vice coming to film was like the kind of motivation we have okay look this is we can show even our country in a different platform not just in a photo but now we can even show in the documentary so we we even if it's scary we get up and then we did it and that's where like trip we were like you know we could do this and then we bonded so much we become like like brothers and we give everything we could for the project and that's what makes it even beautiful because we just we just did whatever we could we could to bring out the best photos whatever it takes so that's what i'm like really um proud of us and like get out and then did whatever we did after all what happened to us. I think uh, just the story and seeing the Vice documentary and the last journey to um, to, to capture the, the alligator, um, the tribal, the tribe that killed alligators for meat and, uh, but, but they didn't, they still used, you know, uh, very, no modern technology to do it and it was just like crazy to see that that journey to but you like you you really wanted to find you know and capture this this moment and you guys worked to do that but not because the book wouldn't have no one would have known if the book you didn't ever get that picture that the book wouldn't have been complete but in your mind like it was really important to you and your team to to get there and the journey that you went through to get those final pictures for this book were just amazing and just that is so cool that the the vice crew was able to follow you in your journey to do that but i think uh, at the end of the day 
it all comes back to, you know, also before I continue, if you have a question, we are going to move to Community Corner. So hit that request button and we'll bring up a few people on stage if you want to um, ask a question or, you know, ask, give any input into this conversation, go ahead and hit that request button. But I think one thing that I'd like to finish up on before we kind of move to, to questions is just um, just thinking back to kind of your the, it, our lifetime, you know, the years that we've been on, the, on Earth, because you've even been pushing, you've pushed my thinking in ways just in this show. And Sam, your questioning has been amazing too, just like thinking through and uh, how we think through the way that we've lived our life. Um, and thinking through, you know, the modernization of a tribal culture and, and life, you know, changing for everyone in the world at the same time. Tying it back to the crypto and Web3 and NFTs, um, you know, I just, I think, what what would be your greatest takeaway? Like, what the fear that others have that maybe hold them back from getting involved in a space where you can finally focus on your passion project? What is the thing that you would tell people that you know that are in, in different walks of life that have success that that in this like legacy world to to onboard them or to get them involved um with with kind of this like this new world i think this thing is going to take you no matter what if you have an interest in it and i have some friends that are that are really talented photographers that i tried to drag into this thing and they stick around for a bit but for one reason or another it doesn't quite stick yet so I think that like there's there's such a level of understanding and research uh, that comes along with this that it's not something you can just force people into. I'm talking about like NFTs and crypto and even just, you know, generally having a, a passion for something. The thing about having a passion is like that's going to take you like you don't you don't choose like to be passionate about something it just gr like grabs you and motivates you and you can't control it so i think that like this is this is going to take people and as long as they have an open mind about this new space there's some like weird things that don't really fit into the world that was before especially like some questions about like what is ownership what is a physical thing but I think if if the mind is open and the interest is there, there's enough interesting stuff here that is just going to grab you no matter what. So like what do I have to say about all this is just like if you see a a JPEG of a squiggle <laughs> sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars, like don't make fun of that. Just try to understand like what the hell is going on and what that is. And if you can understand that, then this this thing is just going to grab you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the the number one thing, and when it comes to empathy anywhere, I think uh, it just goes back to the whole your whole mindset about exploring cultures is that you know don't it, like you said don't laugh at it. And you see a lot of people. We've been grown up in an age where it's like where we judge others, where we where we're indoctrinated that the way that we're taught something is the only way. And like that's the greatest lesson I feel like anyone could have is instead of instead of doing what we've been, what's in our nature, 
is just to step back and actually be curious and explore and, and try to understand what's maybe different that we didn't haven't had a chance to understand. And I think that is uh, super powerful. All right, let's go ahead and go into some questions for Community Corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right, and this is a question that uh, Christos asked on the Twitter feed that I've got linked up there at the top. He said, do you have any projects planned for 2022 for traveling? Or have you already thought, like, do you, I think this is, this is an interesting question that maybe you could speak on in terms of, you know, what, how do you think now that you have this project, like, is, is it, uh, now it's, is it on to the next one? Or what do you think about that? Like that questioning of like, what do you, what do you think about next after you put this out? Yeah, thank you for your question, Christos. I, I think this is a gentleman I've been talking to a little bit back and forth on my on my Twitter feed, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, honestly, I've only thought about this for so long that I can't even imagine what my next project would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, is it a derivative work of something inside Ethiopia? be you know because that's very much become my life or is it something that's not even connected with photography and it's something that this whole space has opened up my mind as an artist and i do a collab with with uh someone else who's doing like other style of work i just i i feel free by all this and i feel like um i could never do a book about another country to the extent of ethiopia meaning that oh, this is a nationwide project where now I go around every corner of India and I make that book, right? Like that, I could definitely shoot a project in India and I have about a specific topic. But in terms of a like modern nation state focus of an an entire region and everyone who lives inside of it, like that's only going to be Ethiopia in my lifetime, I feel. Um, Of course, I have a lot of other ideas for photo projects, but in terms of like NFTs and stuff, this is going to be a very like blue chip project for me. So like after the photos come out, um, the book's coming out, I'm going to promote the book. We're going to have exhibitions. I really want to give value to anyone who collects this stuff by releasing behind the scenes videos later. So we have like entire documentaries that, um, are just sitting there on hard drives that we haven't edited that are about some of these photos. And the old way to do it would be like, Oh, you're releasing a book. So, you should release the documentaries first. Well, what I think is like, what if people own these things first and then the documentaries come out and they find, and they find out, wow, look at like what went into making this photo. Look at the, um, everything that went on behind the scenes and then they own it and they feel like, wow, this is valuable. So that's kind of the thing that I'm playing with. So I really like what Justin did with twin flames. Like that was his project and he didn't do anything else for a year. Um, at the same time, I'm going to be helping Yatreda like do some more stuff. I'm going to help uh, Sam with his next paintings. Maybe there's some collab stuff there that we could do. But it's really hard for me to see a world um, that goes back to the way that I was doing things before. I think if there was a really cool project that wanted to hire me for like something, if I really fell in love with it, I would do it. 
but honestly like if this if this drop goes well i think this is a this is a very changing changing time for me as an artist and as a human in at this stage in my life i'm gonna go forward but to something very very new uh, that's that's what's missing from people that don't understand the space the the whole mindset shift that's like this is this unlocks a whole new opportunity in this world and it, and it's not if, if you're just a celebrity and you you partner with a, an organization to do a quick drop we've seen it with a lot of athletes and entertainment stars they that, that just kind of do these partnerships and it's it's very much part of the the old legacy system where different people are taking a cut out of this and that's not that's not this the the new world that we're creating it always excites me when they're someone like you or Sam is like you you really understand what this unlocks is like this the create the creative freedom in web3 and in the metaverse and the the uh, landscape that we're building for a future and better world comes in being able to uh, unlock yourself to be your true self and your passionate self and your uh, you know being able to explore whatever you want to do and partnering with someone that maybe you would have never partnered with before because there was no money in it you couldn't have sustained a living but those someone that you're super passionate about you enjoy what they do and you you see that with a lot of the collabs that are happening now in the NFT space with like these crypto native artists and it is so inspiring to watch and so. Um, I'm just so excited that about this drop, and uh, especially after this chat, even more so, in being able to just put this out in the world, and then being able to kind of even look forward past it, and just know that that this is a this is a, a shifting moment of your career, and being able to really explore the future in terms of the people that find value in what you're passionate about, and not just um, and, and not just something else. In some ways, all my paths have led me here, but in another way, it is a new a new chapter for me. So I think after this date, there's really no going back. <laughs> it's like all or nothing. I'm all in. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're all in. I think that's what we're when you go down the rabbit hole, it's a deep and steep curve, and it's uh, we travel down it fast. And I'm glad you're here with us. <laughs> and uh, one thing that. I'd love to end with, if you're not already, obviously, if you're not following Joey, you should definitely do so. Just some amazing work then uh, that he's about to put out as well. But if you'd like to spend a minute before we finish up talking a little bit about how the drop w is going to work and, and everything related to it so that everyone kind of knows and is on the same page, uh, looking forward to next week. You're on mute. Sorry, I, I think I think I think I missed the last part of what you said. Oh, I was just saying. I, I think you got rugged for a second. There. Did I get rugged? Or maybe my my Wi-Fi switched to to three G <laughs> or whatever. So I was just uh, I was just asking you to kind of go forward and explain how the drop is going to work next oh, week. Oh, oh, the mechanics of the actual drop. Yes. Right. So it's on Quantum, right? Which is the new uh, photography curated platform, which I think there's a big need for in this space because. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like so many photographers are holding on to these things and rather than just flood the market and upload, you know, everything you've ever done, there needs to be some kind of coordination and camaraderie among us to coordinate drops. And I think that's what 
Justin's doing, and that's what Quantum is. The actual mechanics of the drop are very interesting and honestly very wild. <laughs> so we're doing a reverse Dutch auction, and that means that um, the photos start at a price, and then the clock starts counting down instead of up. And if you really want a piece, you have to snag it right away to get one because there's only 75. So if you want to take a risk, you could wait and, and the price goes cheaper. But by that time, all the 75 pieces could be gone. So I love the mechanics of this because there's no gas wars. Um, one of the really sad things about trying to buy NFTs when there's these gas wars drops is that like, you know, you get priced out or the gas payment is sometimes more than the actual work of art that you're trying to buy so this kind of stops that it also stops um all of the bots that come because one of the things that's been happening recently is is it on like very big websites is like we sell the work for less than what a collector can actually flip it for and bots know that and they can actually mint things directly from the contract not from the website and just kind of swoop in and and at that point you don't even have photos that are owned by real people. And uh, that's a big problem. So the Dutch auction also prevents that. So it's going to be really wild and really quick. Um, the whole thing is only 30 minutes long. So if you're interested, you have to show up on the exact time, which is 12 noon Eastern time um, on November 18th. And then uh, after that, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It's a really crazy way to do the first drop, but uh, <laughs> that's how we're gonna do it. No, I love the mechanics of it. I think um, I think your goal is just to make sure that you're able to get these in into the community's hands of those that really appreciate it, and not like you said, uh, almost everything you chatted about was try to avoid the bots and getting it in in the hands of the wrong people which is, is one of those things, like even in a new world, like you've got to constantly find, there's always these these actors, and it's not necessarily bad, but if they find value in you, they know that the value of you will go up. They, they want to just sweep and try and get a bunch of them. And so trying to allow them to be in a kind of a diversified uh, manner so that as many unique holders can have them is pretty cool, and I'm glad. Uh, and after you shared kind of the drop with me, I thought that was super cool. So... The drop is next yeah. Friday, and so if you're, I tried, I tried to get the last quantum drop myself, and I couldn't even do it. It went so fast. I had like one second, and I and I paid gas, and it and it was a transaction fail. Yeah, um, I I also just want to mention real quickly that two two of the images of the seventy five are going to be designated as a hundred percent charity images, and what I'm going to do is actually announce those before. Um, the actual drop happens so people knows what images those are and what I really hope is that so first of all the charities get a hundred percent of the of those images profits but also the royalties from the secondary market so if those photos fall into the hands of hold like hodlers or bots or even um, someone that wants to hold it what I want to do is trade with them right so I'm gonna have one of the photos is uh, being saved for me so that I can trade with someone if that goes into into someone's hands that doesn't want to that doesn't want to just like unleash it into the market and what my hope is that forever into the future every quarter will be transferring eth to one of these charities that would be the most amazing 
uh, testament to this space is like not only the first drop, but like literally five years from now, the charity's ETH wallet is getting plugged, like getting full. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's also what we're trying to do. So if one of these images ends up somewhere weird, I'm going to I'm going to trade with them. That's awesome, man. I mean, it just goes to show how you think about the space and the potential of the space of what you're saying, because everything that we do, it starts our our way of thinking. <laughs> when, when we become, we have, we can create our own ecosystems. It's so strange because it's never been a thing before. We're so used to having to kind of look up at the top and hope, ha, ha, hope that someone else is going to help us do things the right way. But when, when that creativity is unlocked, it's just like, you're going to see so much good happening in the world. And, the, and this is, that's just, another example uh thanks so much man for taking time to come on the show it flew by i mean it's uh never disappoints to just be able to talk about this space with anyone but just your passion and soul really came through today and uh, i also wanted to thank nibi and sam for being up here because it was an honor to have them kind of also extrapolate on some of the things that we talked about so thank you all for being here today Thank you for Thank having you, me. It's great to be part of this. I'm really excited. Joey, are there any final words before we close this out that you want to put into the metaverse? Yeah, if anyone has any question that didn't get answered, just uh, at me on Twitter, and uh, I'm, I'll be very happy to answer you. Awesome. There are Thank a few. Guys. There were a few questions that um, on that pin tweet at the top that we didn't have a chance to get to so there that would be a good place that you all can right. start out i'll all go right. reply guy mode i'll, I'll become the <laughs> reply guy all right reply guy man uh, yeah. uh, i won't take up any more of your guys's time thank you so much it's been quite an honor to be um sharing the stage with you and i just can't wait for your drop it's gonna be epic thank you everybody this for listening another production of gutter cats lives November 18th. November 18th. Goodbye. 12 noon. Don't be late. Especially <laughs> financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future. Thank you, Kyle. Research always. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Until Dick. next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.